You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9 a.m., you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, and why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, and today we have David Maxwell, or we call him Max, joining us from Launceston for his very short uh Wow, we do, we're going doing a one-off because we're about to get a break. It's mm. called preparation for the final crisis. So, welcome, Max. Yeah, good to be here, Leo. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, and good. It's good to have you back with us this week. And uh, each week, uh, well, we're, we're talking about this is an interesting one. If those have been mm. tuning in into uh, in, into my talks on Wednesday, I've been talking about the importance of worship at home. And David's oh. going to wrap up his whole talk about the prayer life of Jesus. So, man, this mm. is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. So, preparation for the final crisis is the prayer life of Jesus. So, Max, good, good to timing. have you. Yeah. Good timing, Absol- isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, God seems to always have the time right for the presentations we put together. That's right. Amen. Amen. And uh, every week, David, if you've been if, if you've been following uh, Max f- for a while, you know that he always kicks us off with some of his favorite passages. So, what's mm. your favorite passage you're going to kick us off with today? Yeah, today I want to share First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen, three verses, and uh, often often the shortest verse in the Bible is quoted as Jesus wept. wept. Now that's that's the shortest in English, but it's not the shortest in, in Greek. Greek. The shortest in Greek is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. You know, so Jesus wept, rejoice always. So it's rejoice always. Mm. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I like this verse because, I mean, really, how do you rejoice always? Are you always happy? (laughs) No. No, <laughs> I'm not always happy. Uh, when someone cuts me off, I've got to remember, David, mm. you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you do and <laughs> yes. what you think. You yeah. know, if you're going to think something wrong, don't open your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You know, so rejoicing always. Uh, you know, when interest rates are up, you're struggling to pay the bills, you can't make ends meet. You can't really seem to rejoice in times like this, can you? Uh, that's for sure. That's <clears throat> well, for sure. I, I think the rest of this passage helps us to clarify what it means to rejoice because it goes on to say, pray without ceasing. Mm. And that, that doesn't mean you crawl around on your knees all day with your eyes closed. You wouldn't get much work done if you did that. Right. Um, but it says, in all things give thanks. It's not saying that you have to be ecstatically happy about everything that's going on in your life. Rather, it's saying pray in all circumstances. Okay, mm-hmm. in this you can rejoice. You can rejoice that you're actually able to pray and ask God's help because so many people seem to be doing life on their own. Uh, but, you know, knowing that, knowing that God is there, He's willing to hear you and He wants to help you to achieve things in life. Um, you, you're praying in line with His will. You're eager to follow what He wants to do and He's not forcing you to do anything. That, that is actually a way you can rejoice in that. You can be happy even when you're sad. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, yeah. it, it also means that you're giving thanks to God in all circumstances. You can rejoice that regardless of the situation, you can thank God. He's allowing you to be refined through whatever the circumstances, even when it's challenging. Now, most people, as I said, who, who try and go through life without God, I don't believe they can rejoice like this. You know, I don't believe that they can say, thanks for allowing this to happen, God. Right. 
because is God allowing it to happen or is, or, you know, is Satan just having their way because they're not following God? You know, that, that can be difficult for people. But if you've chosen to follow God and every day you give him your life again and you say, take me today, use me, um, work in my life, transform me, change me, you know, whatever, however you want to pray, but you connect with God every day and we'll talk about prayer in a moment. If you do that and you're doing that each day, then whatever happens in your life has been approved by God. So in other words, God, you know, before Satan comes and does something in your life, he's got to get approval from God. Gotcha. And God says, uh, no, you can't do that. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You can't mm-hmm. do that. But you can do this with limits. All right. You can only do this much because they can't cope with more than that. Or, um, you can do this and then God gives you an escape from it when you come to him and say, God, I can't cope with this anymore. Right. I just can't cope. He'll give you a way of escape. Or yeah. I think, take I, I think of Job when you're talking about that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. And God's given the promises in his word that he says he's going to do that. Mm. Okay. No temptation has come upon you that hasn't, isn't common to all men, but with every temptation, God will prepare a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's what the Bible says about mm-hmm. it. And I think that's really, really encouraging. So that's the way I think I can rejoice in all circumstances, you know, because I can, I, I can be happy that I can pray and God is going to hear me. I can be happy and thank God for all the circumstances that happen, good or bad, because I know that throughout those things, he is going to actually help me in all things that we do. Mm. Mm. Uh, amen. It's just, um, there's something, what's the word? There's something really stoic about uh, Jesus and consistency, you know? Yeah, he just yeah never absolutely. Kind of, you kind of, when you see him, he's not phased by things. You know, no, just no. Cool, calm-headed prayer life. <laughs> That's it. Well, so I, I feel that passage is the reason I chose, and I like that one, is because it's a good lead in today's program, mm. you know, looking at the prayer life of Jesus and his preparation for the crisis that he faced. Right. He faced many crises in life. I mean, how many of you have actually been taken out to a hill and threatened to be stoned? No. <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> that no. was a crisis. How did he prepare for that? You know, we're going to look at a couple of these preparations. But what we will do today is discuss what was Jesus' prayer life like in practicality and how do we then apply that today? Mm. Mm. That sounds good. I mm. think it's a, um, mm. I like how you said the crisis that he was about to face is, you know, going to the cross. You know, it's something none of us have to face, even as small as what you said the just getting um, threatened with people throwing stones at us, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. And, and, and we looked at a number of things in the Bible we have looked at in the past. Last week we looked at in this short um, number of series or number of programs before the end of the year, we looked at the day of the Lord, what it means. Yeah. In the Bible we learned the Old Testament and the New Testament speak of two different days, if you remember that. So the day of the Lord from a New Testament that's point right. of view was his next soon return, whereas the Old Testament references to day of the Lord speak about the day he's removing sin from the universe and restoring all things. And we find that those two days are actually separated by a thousand years. Mm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So if, the, if people want to catch up on those, how do they how do they catch up on them? They can go to uh, the Google Play or Apple Store and they can download the Faith FM app or go to the website faithfm.com.au and you can listen to the previous episodes then and I, I do recommend that for sure. Yeah, mm. so. so contents for today. 
Today we're going to unpack the prayer life of Jesus, and as we as we do that, we're going to see why, when, and where Jesus prayed, and the sorts of things he prayed for. And then, as we wrap up at the end, we're going to see how does that apply to us today as we prepare for different challenges that are coming in our life. Mm. Now, um, people will say, "Well, why do I need to prepare? Things are all going okay." Well, they won't, and we'll we'll, we'll unpack that as we 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 look at uh, Christian walk. Yes. But uh, firstly, a, uh, a question for today, and hopefully uh, everyone can text in. Anyone who's listening, we'd really love to hear from you. So Ed from Clarkson has texted in. We say g'day to him. If g'day. Joanna's on, we'll shout out to Joanna and anybody else who's, who's on listening today. I'd love to hear how has a prayer been answered in your life? What mm. prayer has God answered in your life? Can I share one? Yeah, please. I, I think it. we've got a couple of minutes. So yes. God has answered so many prayers in my life. It's It was difficult to pick just one. Uh, so I tried to pick the most significant one that I can remember. And for me, it was when I discovered God wanted me to be a pastor. Now, that was not something I ever wanted to do. I can tell you that. You know, I, I used to be just a church member, uh, an elder, and I saw how people how I treated pastors, you know, we'd sit around at lunch and we would have pastor for lunch. You know, we would talk about, oh, that sermon, it was a bit droll. It was like, oh, I've heard that so many times. Oh, he was just go, oh, he put me to sleep the way he was talking. And that's the way I used to talk. And I used to think, I don't ever want to be a pastor. And when I found that God, I thought that God was calling me to be a pastor, I really wanted to make sure it was him and it wasn't some midlife crisis thing and another mm. job change in a new career. So th- that was the reason for me that it was so significant. Also, I was, at, I was at a point in life where I was comfortable. You know, I had a sure. six-finger income. We bought our own place. I'd spent so many hours finishing it and setting it all up. And when I realized that God actually was calling me to be a pastor, I said, I prayed and I said, Lord, you need to show me. You need to show me. Uh, if this is what you are calling, and it's not just me, show me. And the very next day, I was reading... Uh, I was directed, I have to say, it's a long story, I can't you know, keep, go too long, but he directed me to Luke 5.11, and I was reading the NIV Bible, not a Bible I often study today, but NIV, mm. and the verse he pointed me to was Luke 5.11, and the verse says, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, mm. and followed him, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, mm. called to follow Jesus. I knew right there and then that God had answered my prayer. And I continued asking until I was embarrassed um, asking anymore, and he just answered every single prayer I asked. Is it not obvious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and here I am today. So here you are. The listener question? The listener question that we have today is, what was a prayer that God answered in your life? And uh, we'd love to hear your answers. Text it through to 488 891, but we're going to get to break in our first song since we're looking at Jesus as our prayer example. It's called Give Me Jesus by Colin Rain. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. 
am alone Yes, when I am alone Just give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Listening to Tez Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Pastor Max on the topic of the prayer life of Jesus. Man, the way that Colin Rain finished that uh, finished that song off, oh, inspiring. But I hope hope it inspires our listeners with that question: What was a prayer that God answered in your life? You can text it to on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And uh, I suppose a, a big one uh, for me, David, when it came to uh, um, uh, answered prayer mm-hmm. is. Um, well, soccer, soccer told me before we got married that she couldn't have children. Oh. It was some, something we prayed about, and uh, we, you know, we believed that God could perform a miracle. We continue wow. to pray, pray for it. But and I you know, sure did. I, I know <laughs> that you and uh, our listeners out there can relate to the fact that where you just kind of like accept your lot mm-hmm. and just say, mm-hmm. "This is this is how it's going to be," and you just accept mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, she gets pregnant, and it's like, "Well, wait, wait a minute." <laughs> How did so, that happen? How did that happen? So this was a, it, it, it was a rejoicing time, but also a, hey, I'm, I'm not ready. We, we're not ready for this, but <laughs> this is an answer. Yeah, you had to get a, ready. Yeah, it's an answer prayer. Now there's three of them, you know, so. He answered it multiple times. Praise the Lord, you know, and, I, and I, I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah, so that, that's a prayer. I hope some, some can share with us. Um, Share with us what what prayers have been answered for them. Yeah, so, yeah we'd love to hear it for sure, for sure. So we're talking about uh, the preparation for the final crisis. Jesus preparing for final crisis, and so we could take example from Jesus in the prayer life before Jesus. You said that uh, before we went on break. The we will see the when, where, and why Jesus prayed, what he prayed for, and then see how that applies to us today. So mm. how do mm. how do we get into it? What are you going to start us off with? 
Yeah, thanks, Leo. So today we're going to take a look at why prayer was so important to Jesus and how he used prayer to prepare for the challenges that lay ahead for him. And mm. he had he had a lot. He had a lot. And then at the end we're going to wrap up and see, well, how does that apply to us today? You know, what does it look like as we prepare for what's ahead? And as I said before, we are going to need to prepare for something in our life. Even if we're not here and we, we go to our rest before Jesus comes and we don't go through those final crisis times, you will have times of crisis in your life. We need to prepare. <clears throat> but first we're going to, uh, I'm going to have a prayer for those uh, who are listening today and then we're going to, I'll get you to read the passage we're looking at. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're a God who cares for us and you want yeah. us to prepare. And as we prepare, you come through every time and you help us in the situations that we face. Lord, speak to the people who are listening today. May they hear clearly and may they hear your words as we read your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Leo, could you read the passage that we're looking at today, Luke six twelve to 16, and I think I'll get you to read it from the New Living Translation. Okay, we start at verse 12. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, who was Judas Iscariot later on, who later betrayed him. Yeah, so that's really amazing. There's there's multiple people with the same names in Jesus' disciples. So he has two Simons, he has uh, two Jameses, and he has two Judases. <laughs> mm. Because often you'll see it says, Judas, not the one who betrayed him. <laughs> Right, in no, the Bible, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just said a mistake for the other Judas. It's like yeah, that's right. David, not not, not David Leo, David Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Max and Leo. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was. it's really interesting. So this is something Jesus did. It was a night of preparation. He goes up on the mountain and he prays. And it says he goes up on on the mountain, and he prays to God all night. When was the last time you prayed to God all night? i got to say it was probably at college, but I fell asleep, so I wasn't awake the That's whole time. That's it. That's it. You know, we, we start praying at night, we go to sleep. That's what happened to his disciples as well. So, look, I, I want to talk about preparation a little bit. Because that's really what we're talking about today, prayer as part of that preparation. I had to prepare once for a Cape to Cape hike. Now, I was, uh, I was on the, the youth council in Western Australia, uh, with Pastor, oh, I've forgotten their names. That's terrible. Uh, anyway, I was, <laughs> if I hear this, I apologize. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway. They'll know who I'm talking about. 
So uh, maybe it's best, best I don't name them. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, wh- we were going on this hike, and, and they said, can you run it? I said, I'll run it if I can lead it. And they said, sure, no worries. We don't want to lead it. <laughs> so, so I said, right, I'll, 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 um, I'll organise it. So I had to plan and organise, put the whole safety plans and all those things into place. And then I had to prepare because it was 136 kilometres over six days. So we were pushing this at more than 20 kilometres a day. Now, I don't know how, I don't know how many is the most kilometres you've hiked before, but this is not just with a water bottle and, uh, you know, uh, a raincoat. This is with everything you need because we have to sleep every night this is serious. on the track. These are serious okay? kilometres. <clears throat> serious kilometres. The only thing that uh, we allowed the support vehicle to carry on most of the time, sometimes they had to even carry their tent, but if there was a place the support vehicle could meet us later in the evening, uh, then they were allowed to carry their tents. The support vehicle could bring that in and they topped up the water and all those sorts of things. So it was very strategic, but I knew personally I couldn't do this without proper preparation. So I spent three months preparing for this, okay? Now, I was about 45 at the time, so that gives you a bit of an idea how old I am now. But I was, this is back in 2000 and I think it was 2010. 2010? Yeah, I think it was 2010. So uh, I had to spend three months preparing every Sunday. Now, I'm a bit... I'm a bit uh, OCD when it comes to this. So I, I had my army greens on. I had uh, my full backpack, okay? And I would wear the full pack backpack and I would do this rain, hail or shine. And I went out into the sand tracks at the back of Ellenbrook where I used to live. So um, Ed knows what I'm talking about, the sand tracks out the back of Ellenbrook. He lives over there. And I had to go out in these tracks and I would hike for about two hours every Sunday. I did that for three months, as I said, rain, hail or shine, because I wanted to be sure that I was physically prepared. Now, I also did uh, three practice hikes on the sand that not everyone turned up to, and those who didn't turn up to had Struggled. trouble on the hike. <laughs> there was one person on the hike who who had to pull out about um, four days, five days into it, and I said to him, but did you practice? I didn't see you on the practice hikes. He says, I was on the Stairmaster every day. I said, with your pack on? He said, no. I said, then you weren't ready. Mm, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so not, not, that's why it's best I don't name names. Sure. So I led and I finished well. And the same's true for a Christian journey. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And we need to prepare if we're going to finish well. And Jesus knew this. You know, he was very careful in his own preparation. And we can see this, even though there's not a lot in the Bible about Jesus' young life, we can see from his behavior that is shown how he must have prepared because at the age of 12 we find him on the ste- you know in the temple on the steps perhaps and he's discussing mature spiritual themes with religious leaders mm. schooled scholars religious scholars yeah he faces the devil in the wilderness he knows what to say and what to do he's clearly prepared when he's facing his challenge in the garden of the um, garden of gethsemane um he he he, he's obviously prepared and he's yeah. preparing for what's ahead. So, you know, the, these things are really, really important. Jesus' preparation uh, shows us that 
we need to prepare well as well. So in Romans thirteen 14, we're told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So in clearer English, <laughs> in the New Living Translation, that's why I like that version, it, it says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. really practical, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Right? And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. I think that's crystal clear. That's that's how we prepare, okay? Romans thirteen fourteen. Don't think about the evil things. Uh, be in Christ's presence every day. But are we given any insights on how Jesus actually did that practically? Well, <clears throat> Luke chapter 2 is a really good place to go. So if you go to Luke chapter 2, anyone who's got their Bibles there, Luke chapter 2, there's a number of verses, and I'm running out of time quickly, so I can't read them all. But in this chapter, Luke chapter 2, we'll find lots of lots of examples where where Jesus... It shows us that Jesus remained connected to his father. We don't have a lot of detail, but he was obedient to his earthly parents, okay? So we know mm-hmm. that because in Luke 2.49, it says after after he's gotten, they've lost him, he didn't get lost, he knew where he was, he says to them, why, why did you seek me? Uh, didn't you know that I must be about my father's, father's business? business? So he is connected to his heavenly father, but it goes on and it says in 51 that he was subject to... Joseph and Mary, his parents, his earthly parents, um, for the as, as he continued on in his young life, <clears throat> as he is baptized, he experiences God's recognition through both the, the voice of God and through the Holy Spirit. And in Luke three twenty one and twenty two, it says, as he was praying, it says, come up out of the water. As he was praying, he was praying as he was being baptized, and that really blows my mind. <laughs> You know, he was, he was, this was an important thing, mm. but he was being baptized. He was actually praying. And then immediately after that, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness right. to be tempted right. by Satan. Now, you don't hear the Holy Spirit unless you're connected with God. So there's all of those amazing things. And then as he goes into the desert, Satan tempts him for 40 days. If you read it in Luke, it wasn't just, it wasn't just three temptations. He went into the desert and he was tempted for 40 days. Satan leaves the really big ones till last, but he always had a word to say. He said, it is written. Mm-hmm. So he knew, he knew God's word. He knew God's word. And that, that, that's very, very important. Amen. And so you're saying it's, um, you know, maintaining that connection, knowing who was, Father is, and then mm. understanding his word because he quotes, mm. it is written, is a very significant part of prayer life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He stayed mm. connected. He spoke to him often, and that's what we call prayer. We'll talk more about that after. That. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you don't have this number stolen your phone, please punch this in 0488 We're going to have a free book offer later on. And also, we want to hear a response from uh, the question that we've put out. What was a prayer that God answered in your life? Ed's come back, and he's had a similar experience to me, but uh, he doubled my children. Uh, can you see that, um, mm. Max? He mm. said, uh, Tina's, they, I, I presume Tina's his wife, uh, mm. your wife, Ed. And um, yeah, they want me to have uh, kids because of low fertility, but now he's got six. Praise the Lord, wow. you've, got, you've got a lot of... <laughs> Uh, as the Bible a full says, quiver. It, a full quiver, <laughs> not an arrows in your quiver. Well done. And so uh, we're going to come back from break, but we're going to go to song now. And uh, this song is called Victory Prayer by Kate Hollingsworth. Let's all pray the victory prayer that Jesus prays. Mm-hmm. 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to you're listening to Tez Encounters on Faith FM with David Maxwell or Max on a series preparation for the final crisis. And Max has been talking about the topic of the prayer life of Jesus. And just before the break, I talked about a book offer. It's called 10 Days in the Upper Room, Receiving the Gift of the Holy Spirit. That's by Mark Finley. Mm. So hang around. I'm going to give the code uh, later. But before the break, you're talking about uh, Jesus staying connecting, connected to the Father by understanding the Word and prayer and being able to pray to, pray to God. So could you explain to us and uh, elaborate on the life of Jesus in prayer and how we could also follow Jesus' example. Yeah, that's that's a really good question, and I'd love to talk about that today. So, in short, in short, um, a prayer is simply speaking to God like a friend. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you address God like "Hey, boy" or "Hey, mate." You know, I've heard people talk to God like that. You know, um, one guy I was studying with 
called him Bob, you know, and he, it was it seemed a bit disrespectful, you know. I'm, I'm not talking about addressing God in a disrespectful way. You know, I've got to remember who he is. Right. He's the almighty Amen. creator of the universe. How would you address the most powerful person on earth? How would you address them? You know, I'm not saying you would grovel. I'm not saying you would sure. be scared to speak, you know, but you would have respect, wouldn't you? I mean, like, we, we all call our, our, um, our, our teachers at school sir and miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, God's got more power in a single word because his word can create Amen. universes, planets, than we've ever seen in the whole world put together. Okay, ever before yeah. combined, so we we shouldn't feel though like we have to grovel, grovel or be scared, like I said. But um, you know, when we look at the Bible, we see how much God loves us, and He loves us more than we can imagine, and He wants us to keep in touch with Him. That's really important. Uh, you know, sharing all the things that concern us, even though He knows. All those things, he wants us to come and spend some time with him. So uh, what what was Jesus' prayer life like? That's really important for us to look at. And, you know, this is one of the, this, this particular subject is really enlightening, and we're going to look at the when, the where, the why, and the what of Jesus' prayer to help to answer this question. So firstly, when did Jesus pray? Well, Jesus prayed at many different times and on many different occasions. Some examples are that he prayed during the day. Um, with his disciples present, and he taught them how to pray. We see that in Matthew 6, 8 to 13. And do you remember what we call that framework, David? The Lord's Prayer? Yeah, we call it the Lord's Prayer. Oh, good. We did, now, we didn't plan that, by the way, if you're listening. I'm just really glad that another pastor <laughs> knows where the Lord's Prayer is. Be better. <laughs> or to. Yeah. So, the Lord's Prayer. We call it that because Jesus didn't say pray with these exact words, mm. okay? Because mm-hmm. he just finished saying in the verse before, don't use vain repetitions. That means don't just use the same words over and over and over like a magic spell. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. He says, pray in this format, and then he prays like, he he says, this is how you pray. You acknowledge the Father, you you give thanks for things, you you ask for things, you ask for forgiveness, you ask for forgiveness of others for what you've done, all of those things. He puts that in the framework, and so we look at that framework. That's really wonderful because he gave us a framework to pray. If you don't know what to pray for or how you need to pray, go and read Matthew 6, 8 to 13. He also prays during the day and he was giving thanks for food before he performed miracles. Now, both of the miracles of the multiplying the loaves and the fishes, they're two different locations, two different uh, stories. One is five loaves and two fishes. The other is uh, a few a few loaves, uh, is it a few loaves and number of fish, seven Lows, I, I can't remember. Anyway, that's it's more. We always just remember five lows and three fishes. But there's another one, and one he feeds five thousand men. The other one he feeds seven thousand men. Now you add the other people, and there's thousands of people that he feeds. Before he does it, he gives thanks. He looks up and he prays to God the Father, and then he multiplies the food. So we would call that giving grace. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. he prayed that God blessed the food, and God did in an amazing way. He prays at unusual times during the day. Like I said, while he's going under the water and coming out, he's praying. Okay? He's praying to God at his baptism. That's in Luke three twenty one twenty two. 22. 
He prays in the night time when he's about to face serious trials, like in the garden. And he spent some really deep hours in prayer, so much so and so long that all the disciples fell asleep. You know, they couldn't keep up. They didn't realise it was such a, a big issue about to happen. Otherwise, I think perhaps they might have prayed a bit longer. When he's making important decisions, like choosing the disciples, as we read in our opening verses today, he prayed all night. I struggle with that. I don't know how you can pray all night without falling asleep when you have a full day. And Jesus had a fuller day than any of us had. You know, but God sustained him. He prayed all night. We see that in, in Luke six twelve to 16, as we did, we, you read earlier. He prayed when he was happy. Now, this is interesting. In Luke ten twenty one, uh, he sends his disciples out uh, and they heal and they, and they teach and they cast out demons and they come back excited to have experienced that. And Jesus prays because he's happy. And I like that. He prays when he wants people to hear him addressing the Father. So when he wants people to know that it's God the Father and his power that Jesus is connecting to, he prays in public just before he raises Lazarus from the dead. So that when it happens, they'll put faith in God, not so much just in him. He prays in public at the Passover feast in the temple. He speaks about his coming sacrifice, you know, and he prays about that in John 12, 27 to 28. He prays in the evening with his disciples at the Last Supper, and it's one of the longest and most intimate prayers in the Bible, John 17. Fascinating prayer. He prays for himself. He prays for his immediate disciples and then anyone who believes because of them. That's you and me. So he prays for us. He prays when he's in agony on the cross. He's concerned about the eternal outcome of those who put him on the cross. That's fascinating. Now, how many times as someone is about to thump you with a piece of wood, do you pray for that person? <laughs> no, you're too busy defending yourself. <laughs> That's right. Right? He prays while he's in agony on the cross, not for himself, but those who have put him on the cross, that they'll be saved as well. Luke, that's Luke 23, 32 to 34. And just before he dies, he prays that God will get the glory from what happens and will take care of him. So he leaves himself in God's hands. Mm. So they're, they're fascinating things about the prayer life of Jesus. If we just... If you didn't get all of those, go back to the podcast later, listen to it again, look up the verses, and that will give you some idea of how and when Jesus prayed. That's a good example for us to follow. So where did Jesus pray? Well, in the Bible, you can find Jesus' prayers in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But where did Jesus physically, like the locations where Jesus prayed? Well, he prayed in the temple. We can pray at church. He prayed in crowds outside during the day. You know, don't be scared to pray in public. Mm. God, Jesus did. And, and it shows the strength of our faith. He prayed with his disciples at night. He prayed by himself on the mountain of olives at night. He also prayed with others and also by himself at night on the Mount of Olives. We, we, we think it was the Mount of Olives. It's the mount that he often went to, and we think that's the Mount of Olives. So it's interesting also to see why and what Jesus prayed for. He, if I just give a summary of what we already looked at, he prayed for food, he gave thanks. He prayed when he was happy or he was praising God for something. He prayed when he wanted to heal someone or for, for, for their faith. 
He prayed for strength. He prayed for what he wanted, and he always prayed, though. Even though he prayed for what he wanted, he said, well, this is what I want, but only if it's what you want. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, he did get, tell God, this is what I want, but he accepted God's will as well. He prayed for strength, as I said. He prayed for that others would hear and glorify God from the things he was about to do, and he prayed for specific things for himself, his disciples, and for you and I. Mm. It sounds like uh, from the, the, the list that you just went through that Jesus mm. prayed about everything in any yeah. in, 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 any experience that he had, happy, sad, that's it. challenged, whatever, many yeah. things in life. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, when I read all these instances, I see that Jesus had a very detailed prayer life and everything he did seemed to revolve around speaking often and, and, and sometimes very long times about mm. anything with his heavenly father. Yes. So we'll dig into more of that after yeah. the break. Well, we've got a book on offer, 10 Days in the Upper Room Receiving the, the Gift of the Holy Spirit by Mark Finley. Have you ever wondered why the disciples had such death-defying faith? What gave them the courage to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth in spite of such overwhelming odds? Why were they so different after the Pentecost? In this book, you will revisit, you will revisit the upper room and specifically study the preparation necessary to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Ten Days in the Upper Room is divided into three distinct sections, examining inspiration, reflecting on inspiration, and applying inspiration. You'll examine the disciples' heartfelt preparation, reflect on the writings of the Bible, Alan and White, interact with inspiration as you complete the workbook sections, and you'll discover ways to apply these principles in your life. Out of Finley's prayers, may God empower you to be a mighty witness for him at this decisive moment of Earth's history. I'll give you the code after the break. And now we've got Anna Beden with a song called Hope, Patience and Prayer. Lift your head, little one. Lift your eyes to see the sun. Lift your heart and burden so. your head, little one, lift your eyes to see the sun, lift your heart and burn and
The Tessie Encounters. Oh. Sorry, Anna. Beautiful song. I was telling to, to Max that Anna sang at our big camp about uh, around 2020. Awesome. She did an awesome job um, singing for us and preaching to our junior and early teens. Mm. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Pastor David Max on the Maxwell, or Pastor Max, on the topic of the prayer life of G- Jesus. And I promise to give a code to claim the free offer. We've got 10 copies to give away. So uh, put uh, put in your claim. The the code for the book, 10 Days in the Upper Room, Receiving the Gift of the Holy Spirit by Mark Finley, you can uh, put the code HOPE2, H-O-P-E, in the alphanumeric number two, all in one word, no spaces, HOPE2, to 488 to claim your free copy of this book. And so before the break, we're talking about Jesus prayed about everything in every experience. Every it didn't matter whether he was happy, sad, whatever. He was mm. he was praying. So why is it why is it important for us to know that about Jesus in, in our current circumstances? Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, Leo. We learn a lot about prayer that we can apply to our own lives today by looking at the when, the where, the why of how Jesus prayed and uh, and what he prayed about. You know, I think that's very very important when we look at um, what Jesus did, the way he lived, the examples he gave us. The Bible says that he was our example in all things. Prayer is one of those, and I think it's a very important one of those because we 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 learn about prayer from the way Jesus prayed and what he prayed for and how he prayed. And we understand then when we look at that, that it was a conversation with his father, a conversation with his father about all kinds of things. And when we learn that, it actually helps us to see that Jesus' successful mission of living a perfect life and then his death and resurrection on our behalf shows that speaking often and always to God about all different sorts of things was important for him. It was an important part of the preparation that he needed for the challenges that he faced, and I believe it's also an important part of the preparation that we need for the difficulties that are going to come along. And I say going to come along because they will. We see because the prayer is simply speaking to God, Jesus did it often in many, many different normal life events. And these are good examples for us, you know, because um, lots of different things happen in our lives as well. You know, we can we can praise God when good things happen or when we experience answers to prayer. So, you know, like when I experience the answer to prayer about does he want me to be a pastor, and I know because I asked him more than once, <laughs> I asked him again and again and again, and he answered every time. He was faithful. He was, 
He was patient with me as I continued to want confirmation. And when I got enough confirmation, I then simply moved forward. Just like when God answered your prayer about having children, mm. you know, he answered it three times. <laughs> <laughs> three Praise is a very important number in the Bible. You know that. Yes. <laughs> you know, so he, he confirmed it three times with you. That's really good. And with each of us, as we ask God, we can praise him when good things happen or when we experience the answers to prayer. We can speak to him when we're in trouble and we don't know what to do in a particular situation. You know, that's important to pray. Uh, It's important for our mental health, but it's also important to actually feel those answers to prayer. We can thank him when the simple things happen. You know, my mother used to say, You know, we make a big deal about praying for rain, but I don't see prayer seasons held after the rain comes, you know, and Mm. and she had a good point. You know, people don't, you know, they make a big deal. The the politicians get on board in some um, towns and they all come and they pray for the rain and that's great, but I don't see them then thanking God when the rain comes. We can thank him for the simple things in life. It shows that we actually have a relationship. You know, if your wife gave you a nice birthday present and you just grabbed it and went and used it, she would be like, oh, well, that wasn't very nice, (laughs) wouldn't she? You know, if you didn't say thank you, if you didn't say, oh, this is great, thank you very much, I really appreciate time and effort you put into that, you just grab the fishing rod and off you go, I'm off, I'm going to go and use this. You know, it it wouldn't show much appreciation. God also wants us to thank him for the things that he does in our life. Shows there's a relationship there. And also, we can trust him in the most difficult circumstances. That's important too. God, the Bible actually shows us that God wants to talk to us. Did you know that? It actually says that. In Isaiah 1.18, God Ah, says, Come "Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. (laughs) Come now, let us reason together. God wants a conversation. He wants us to talk about it. You know, he doesn't want us to just accept the outcome. You know, God said I have to give him all my money, so I'm going to give him all my money. You know, he wants you to talk about that. You say, Lord, I want to do this. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. But how, how am I going to pay the bills? You know, how, what, what do you really want from me? And, and then he'll talk with you about that and he'll make it workable in your life. So we don't need to worry about what to say. You know, uh, we can just share what's on our mind. Be respectful, though. Be respectful. And I don't think we need to worry about offending God because, you know, he, he wants us to be authentic. He wants us to, you know, Mary and I both pray in very different ways. Right. And I find God answers her prayers almost immediately. Well. <laughs> right? And I, I, maybe I've got some things to learn about prayer myself, but, you know, but, but um, she really prays authentically to God. Yeah. Um, you can pray when you're driving. Don't close your eyes when you're driving and you pray. <laughs> That's not wise. Keep your eyes open. Right. When you're walking, same thing. You might trip on something. But you can just talk with God, you know, like you're talking with someone else. But there are times when you're really petitioning God for a specific need that Jesus tells us to go and pray in secret. Matthew 6, 6. Um, go and pray in secret. Um, there, are, There's a time and place for that kind of prayer too, where we're kneeling down, we're asking God, please help me with this, show me what you mean in the Bible about this, when we're wrestling with things in the Bible. Mm. There's times when we can, we can kneel down and we can close our eyes, but we don't have to do that for every time we speak with God. I just want that to be clear. 
So I bring you back to my opening illustration of preparation. You know, what's ahead for the world is pretty shocking as the devil ramps up, you know, the deceptions and a world gets more fragile. But we also, we also have challenges in our own life that if you haven't had them, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't had them, you are going to need to prepare for them because they're coming. Jesus said that everyone who follows him is going to face challenges because the world hates those who Mm -hmm. follow Christ. So they are coming if you haven't got them. So prepare, prepare, just like I had to prepare. I had to be serious about that that hike. I got through the hike with Mm, only a few warm spots on my feet, but um, I got through. So prayer is a prayer like reading the Bible and getting to know Jesus are very important parts of this preparation. And we'll be able to get through with what's ahead with valor if we do that. Mm. So if you want to pray without ceasing, if you want to know how to do that, and we haven't covered it enough today, please get in touch and we can help you. Yeah. Amen. Hey, listen, um, this is, we're going on break after this week. So we'll be back until next year, but we want to say how much we appreciate our listeners. Those that, uh, that respond and interact with, we're so grateful for you and, um, we're so glad to have this faith journey together. So we really wish you the best with the holiday season and stay safe out there and, um, walk with Jesus. Continue to do that. Again, the book that we're putting on offers 10 days in the upper room receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit by Mark Finley. Put the code through of hope to, uh, H-O-P-E, alphanumeric number two to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And uh, we're going to go into song, and the, the song we're closing with is called The Lord's Prayer. And this song is by uh, Marletta Fong. So um, I pray, Matthew 6, that you'll turn there, learn to pray, and have great holidays, and look forward to interacting with you again. May God bless you all. See you in the new year. <laughs> 